This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hello everyone, welcome to Where East Meets West, the special collaboration between America Meditating Radio and Epilogue. It's been a lifelong dream for me to see how we can bring the East and the West together. It's in my DNA. I believe that both of us are offering something so vital for the well-being and the upliftment of humanity. There's nothing more profound than going into ancient cultures and learning more about the way they've evolved, but also to speak to individuals who are from those cultures and are living here in America or learning uh, different tools or bringing different tools into the USA, as well as still maintaining their authenticity of their cultural background. So where East meets West, we are all about educating, inspiring and uplifting. And today we have a beautiful guest on that we're going to have a heart to heart conversation. Let me give you a little bit of an insight. Preeti Upala is a former investment banker turned thought leader and media entrepreneur based in Hollywood, California. She works as a geopolitical expert, award-winning international columnist, and is the director of the Omnia Institute. She hosts a popular news show called The Preeti Experience and is a much sought-after radio and TV commentator on shows around the world. But along with being an author, Preeti is a political analyst with her work appearing in more than 100 publications, including The Observer, The National Telegraph, Business Standard, and much more. She has spoken at various think think tanks and has been a keynote speaker at many global summits. Preeti has received the Young Leader of the Decade Award at the Women's Economic Forum, as well as Icon of the Year at the Promising Indians Foundation. No stranger to adventure, she has visited over a hundred countries. She has beat me, so I got to catch up to her. Um, and she has she imbues her literally and journalistic work with international sensibilities. Her expertise is on foreign policy, U.S.-India relations, South Asian politics, counterterrorism, and much more. She speaks five languages, and her literary work has been translated into several languages. Please welcome Preeti Upala to Where East Meets West. Preeti, I don't even know where to start with just your intelligence, your beauty, your everything. It's sort of like if a young girl looks at you, I think she'll be inspired to want to be something similar. Tell us a little bit about what is it that has been moving you so far in making you who you have become. Well, firstly, namaste, sister, and namaste to your wonderful audience. I'm so honored to join all of you here. Um, it's such a pleasure to uh, speak uh, on a platform such as East Meets West, where we do bridge these incredible civilizations, which is much needed. Um, I think uh, it's been quite a journey for me to uh, move from Australia to to America to uh you know, live out and fulfill my dharma, which is my purpose in my life. I think the uh, fulfillment for me actually comes from pursuing my dharma, knowing that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing in, in this incarnation at this point in time, and the satisfaction that you get from touching even one person when you affect even one soul with your work, with your words, you know that you're on the right track and you're doing the right thing. I've uh, you know, in my travels, I've experienced that and the, that human uh, uh, 
touch, I think, or, or that human revelation has been uh, the most inspiring because then I know that I should continue doing what I do. Um, I'm very privileged to be living my dream life, doing what I love to do, but also doing what I'm meant to do. And I think the world needs people to uh, really inquire about their, their dharma in life and what they're supposed to be pursuing. And because the true joy and bliss lies at, at the end of that. And, uh, you know, I think COVID has taught us to really uh, introspect our, why are we really <laughs> here? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? You know, these eternal questions. Yes. Um, so there, I, I feel, yeah. There's something that I have picked up, and I don't know if you have too, um, being outside of India for a long time or traveling around the world. Something that Indians tend to just have kind of ingrained in them, there's this whole philosophy of karma or your dharma, as you said, that I think that this is my incarnation. Like I said earlier, my incarnation is to bring folks from diverse background together, right? And I really feel that that's my call. And I'm not trying to be anything other than that. There's just something so precious, Preeti, about a person just feeling like, this seems to be my karma. This seems to be my dharma. When yeah. did you kind of sense that your karma and your dharma was to be this woman who has no limits? That's be beautifully put. And I agree with you. I think uh, being Indian, of course, uh, uh, sometimes we, we forget uh, our own people and sort of uh, qualities that they possess. But when you travel around the world, you realize that there is this beautiful surrender, beautiful acceptance um, in, in India. It's inherent almost in every Indian to just um, pause, look back and accept things for the way they are. They will always strive to do the best that they can. But I think in the West, what, what may be missing is they fight life. They're fighting everything. You should always you know, perform your karma, which literally means action. I think you also need to uh, accept, uh, have have a beautiful surrender to the divine flow of things, and trust the universe that it's taking you there. And also, I think in in India we have this concept of Maya. This is all an illusion. It, we are in the matrix of life, right? It's a movie, so don't get attached to it so much because it it ain't real in in on some level. And I think that is ingrained in all Indians. It just is whether it's parents, upbringing, school whether you pursue spirituality, certainly Indian spirituality will teach you that, but it's, uh, it gets ingrained in your DNA and you just get, you have a, a, a sense of detachment, I think, to the world and to life itself that you don't find so much in the West. And I think with the West, they're so attached and that's where the struggle really comes. For me, I think in, in my very early twenties, when I was uh, working as a high-flying investment banker in Sydney, Australia, and traveling the world, I was so dissatisfied. And um, even though I was seemingly living the dream life, I knew that it wasn't uh, giving me any joy, any happiness, any contentment. So the dissatisfaction ultimately led me to meditation, uh, introspection, pranayama, yoga, all that wonderful stuff. And then the answer started coming. So the process was very quick for me and happened very early in my life. I'm very blessed uh, to come to this point. I think some people will live to 50 and 60 and then search 
you know, for me, it happened way too early because I think I was supposed to learn it, get the message and then start sort of sharing it in my own way because there were others that needed to also hear about this and be affected as well. And perhaps for that reason, it all just sort of happened. And before I knew it, I was like, no, this isn't my, this is not why I was born, you know, and there's something more to life than this. And uh, the meditations very quickly gave up the answers, the insights came. And I think I was very brave to follow them. And in my early 20s, um, you know, that was a big risk to leave everything behind, leave my family behind and move to the other side of the world uh, by myself, you know, to a place I'd never been. Just because I knew that my destiny was there and it wasn't in Australia. So you get rewarded, I think, when you take big risks like that. I get that. Let's pause here because I'd love for the listeners to get an idea of the journey. Um, and, and I get that. I, I could do a whole bunch of stuff with you as you were speaking because I was remembering a luncheon I was with Condoleezza Rice. She was the Secretary of State in the United States and we were sitting together and I had asked her if you ever been to India and what did you think about it? And she kind of looked at me kind of perplexed. And I just looked at her knowing that she was trying to find the most diplomatic way of responding to what she thought that India was. And I said, um, it's organized chaos, isn't it? She says, that is absolutely appropriate. (laughs) And I thought that as you were saying that in one way, as Indians, we believe that there's Maya, this is all an illusion, we don't need to be attached. In another way, our culture is so attached to each other that it does create complexity. And so for you to pick up yourself in Australia and leave your family and go to unknown chartered areas, what was happening in you? Could you give us a little bit of an insight as to what Preeti was feeling in those days? Oh, wow. That's such a deep question. Certainly, it was my first experience of a spiritual awakening of of my first one, I think. And again, very, very young. Um, I just knew that um, I think that was the first time when I started listening to or first time I heard my inner voice, which was very different from my ego. So deep in my deepest of meditations, the voice spoke for the first time that I can remember. And it was a very different voice to my mind and my ego. And the voice was just soft and, and uh, delicate and, and said, um, there's more to this. And then there were some messages there, at, you know, um, you're loved and you need to um, ask yourself what you want to do. And, you know, the, the sort of my, my soul speaking to me in, in a way. And I was in a, it's it's interesting today when I have an an intuition or an inkling, uh, I'm I follow it absolutely because I know that source is is leading me there. But back then, when I was very new, even to the spiritual de- uh, development, uh, even for myself, um, you know, uh, for me to take this big plunge was I think very brave. So some of it was I was just a very courageous person. I've always been, and um, I took a chance. I think, and I'm probably looking for an adventure, I think. And I found one for sure in Los Angeles. But I must say my parents, I have to thank them. I have to give it to them. Um, firstly, they were very extremely uh, loving, unconditionally supportive. They wanted me to be happy no matter what. 
And if that meant going to America to pursue a, a, a career in the arts, they were behind me. They never pressured me. They were there the whole way through and they let me fly away. You know, I think that's true love. That's true unconditional love. And I, I, I felt that. And they would rather that, uh, that, they, that I uh, go out there and do what I need to do. They, they will suffer because I will leave home. But I think they just wanted me to be happy. So my happiness was more precious than, than their own, you know, parental feeling of taking care of, of their child and knowing she's okay or getting their way or, or whatnot. So that's, you know, I, I, I have to give it to them. And today they're so proud. So it all, it all paid off. Sure. And again, that's like the bond, the deep bond between Indian yes. parents and their children. <laughs> I've been raised here in the U.S. It's different here. Um, we're like, go out, fly, do what you want to do, you know, <laughs> kind of like on your own at 18. And we will be, I'm still 50 odd, almost approaching 60. And my mother is still living with me. <laughs> I love it. I think it's amazing. It's a joy. It's precious. That's so precious. You know, I just feel that it's such an interesting bond uh, yeah. when we talk about the attachment that it has this I don't know, it's sort of intertwined. And you did speak about in America that there's a different level of attachment. And it seems to me, let me see if I can find the right wording. It seems like the attachment in the U.S. has less of, of a connection to a spiritual level of love. And I'm not saying this as a negative or a positive. I think sometimes the attachment that we forge, I don't know, maybe it's just of a newer generation because America is still so young and India is so ancient. So maybe just the way that they express their love, maybe it is new, maybe it is fresh, maybe it is the right way. But I've remembered being around so many of my Indian family members and they're just a different functioning tool yes. when I'm with my American friends and family members. And so... Um, I don't know if there's a right or a wrong. I just know that it's different. And I think both lend some sort of a supporting tool to us understanding life more. That's true. Ultimately, I, I feel very lucky because I think I got the best of both worlds. I got this extremely loving, unconditionally uh, supportive uh, Indian parents who cared so much for me. And yet they were open uh, enough. They were, uh, I mean, they were very sort of spiritual people however they were open-minded enough and almost bold enough to let me go go out there in the world by myself and that was a, a big a big jump for them i'm sure and i come from a pretty traditional family so uh there wouldn't be too many people doing that but but they did it anyway and i just think that that's remarkable because if that hadn't been the case then i would I i'm sure i would have landed up in los angeles anyway because i'm i was a rebel a rebel back then but it i would have come kicking and screaming and uh, in this in the way that i did it there was none of that it was just joy and uh, i'm very close to them and i do think that indian parents as indian children when we get older i think we're much more grateful for them for the way that they have parented us because also living in america we see what kind of parenting our American friends get or lack thereof sometimes. And we are whatever issues, I'm sure there's a lot of issues that we have uh, with the Indian household and Indian upbringing. 
you can't deny that they care. And also education is very important. Values are important. Morals, all these things, almost any Indian parent will, will hold close. And when we grow up to be adults, we, we carry that. And that's why Indian Americans happen to be the most educated and the most successful group period in, in not just in America, but to be honest, any country where they immigrate, you know, and then they integrate so well into the society that they've moved to. Uh, why? Because I think because of those values that their parents instilled, work hard, be honest, uh, value knowledge, value education, wonderful stuff, you know, and uh, I, my only message to youth is don't ignore that. Don't turn away from that. Don't think this is too much in the past. We need to be more like the West. Let's let's uh, pack, uh, you know, close all of this up in a closet and uh, only think like my like Americans do. I, I think you should not lose what you have because trust me, it's more precious. And I think the West is now looking East and saying, well, what are they doing right? They're obviously doing something right. And what are we not doing? What can we learn from them? Uh, so I'm very, I see myself as a bridge to uh, sort of convey that message, I think. I have to tell you that um, we have noticed that there's a conversation about India changing a lot and that the millennials or the Gen Zs, um, they are adapting to a more Western way of living and expressing. Now, whenever anybody tells me that, I always say, don't do that. Yes. Do not blame the West for you making a decision on your life. Decide what place of values or virtues you're coming from, but don't blame a civilization because you will leave, you will lose the opportunity of recognizing, well, what was your pull? What's your desire? What's your need? So you're hearing that a lot of individuals now in their 20s or 30s are moving out of the nest and living in apartments by themselves in India. And they're just basically on their own more and more. And there are more relationships without marriage and there's more freedom, there's drinking, there's partying. Those are the things that you'll see in Bollywood movies, smoking, that this is all the way to be happy and to be yeah. so. What do you think about that? Do you think it's really changed a lot in terms of just the way, I mean, let me rephrase it. Do you think India's moving towards a positive direction? I think India is, as a civilizational state is, I think uh, Indian youth really need to um, pause right now and understand that everything that they're searching for is actually right at home. And also the whole world is actually looking at India for certain things that they can't find here. Um, I mean, it, it's fine. You, you, can, you can travel, you can have certain level of freedom, independence, even as a woman in India, if you want to stay in a nice apartment somewhere, maybe with another girlfriend sharing the place. That's okay if your family um, is okay with it, but don't lose the connection with your, with your parents. Don't uh, not visit them all the time, have them in your life. Uh, if you want to sort of have your cake and eat it too, it's possible. But I think you must understand what the cake is and, and what is the main, what is the mo more precious thing? The freedom is just equality. You know, you can get feel, feel free in any situation. But I think your relationship with your parents, your your siblings, uh, with your guru, your spiritual traditions. So that's another area too. They are thinking that all these ancient traditions and rituals, and you know the guru student relationship, 
all of that going to, you know, whether you want to go to a temple or meditation center, they're thinking this is all archaic and that there's no place for that in, in today's world. And I'm here to say that that's actually the most important place that you need to be, especially post-COVID, especially uh, 2021, uh, especially America post. I mean, look at the political situation here. It's completely chaotic. People are very divided. They're lost. They're angry. They're hurt. They're upset. And uh, you, the only place is uh, within. And uh, this is the time to actually go back to your traditions because your tradition, your civilization has all the tools. Uh, for you and for the rest of the world, to be honest. And you need to find those simple tools and start adopting them. And you, the answers will come, the peace will come. So you can do both. You can be social, have fun. Of course, everybody wants to live a nice, luxurious life. But um, combine it with this, because then you'll have the best of both worlds. And you will have a full, fuller life. And You'll see you, people will see it when they meet you. They'll see a vibrant, happy person who knows who they are, who knows what their priorities are, uh, has their feet on the ground, uh, very level headed and someone who knows what's important, what's real, what's not. You know, that that's more important, I think. I agree. I agree. Beautifully said. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about with you is here you are obviously quite in, quite educated and intelligent and something within you is sort of moving towards you know the arts has moved towards the arts wants to be in in beauty in in modeling in acting how do you shift that what what was it and i'm asking you this very very intentionally <laughs> because since COVID, I'm feeling like I want to sing and I want to dance and I have like two left feet. I can't sing to save my life. But it's like, what, what ha what's happening in you? Because there are a lot of young women who might mm. not feel like they want to go that academic way anymore and they want to get into the arts. What was happening in you that shifted that, that took you into where you are? Ah, that's great. That's the... Uh... Uh, for me, uh, I've always been, I've loved uh, being a student. You know, I really, in my school days were uh, very happy days. My university days, I still say, were probably the, some of the best years in my life. My, my, uh, my parents actually loved that. That's why they always let me uh, do my own thing because that, I was, that, you know, they, didn't, they, know, they knew that they didn't have to um, uh, uh, be worried about me because I was so into my education. I worked very hard. I did very well. So and they were proud and they actually were uh, unlike other Indian parents. They were not, there was no pressure academically. Like they never did that. I, I think I put pressure on myself, but I, because I did so well, they were, they were thrilled. And, um, for me, uh, you know, I still am all about education and knowledge, but I think my, some of my Dharma was definitely to be on the global stage and to use all of my uh, gifts and talents and abilities. And I feel like the, 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 the Lord and the universe has blessed me with, um, some of these like speaking and writing and presence and being on a stage, uh, commanding attention. And, uh, you know, uh, the form that I am in, it's, I, I, I'm not attached to it, but I, I sense that it's there for a reason. So I can, get people's attention to me so I can say the right thing and maybe say something uplifting for them. 
because you can use your form for so many things. But I think for me, that was a specific reason why I'm here uh, in this body, right? And I, I, I get that from a spiritual perspective, I get it. Um, I've always been fascinated with film, music, uh, speaking poetry, writing, all of that. Uh, I, it's just never not something that I nurtured when I was younger. It's only when I went into, when I was done with my education, when I started working in the corporate world, I think the dissatisfaction um, in me uh, asked me to go within and ask myself, well, what do I like? What did I like when I was young? I think the question that a lot of life coaches will say, when you were five years old, what did you dream of becoming? And in my case, probably I would say I wanted to be on a stage in front of people doing some skit or or speaking or there was a camera or something like that, which tells me that I obviously want to interact with an audience. I want to use my, my body. I want to use my voice, uh, not sit in an office somewhere in Australia for some company and my life will will at the end of it, you know? So I think all of those things made me realize that I have to pursue it. I didn't want any regrets in life. I knew that you, you, you get one shot at this in, in, you know, and, uh, uh, I don't want to reincarnate again, just so I can perform this role that I'm performing this time. I think again, the spiritual way of looking at it. And I said, no, I, I know it's scary, but I must do this. I will never have peace until I, tr I go to LA try and, and what happens, what happens. And, uh, so I did, and I'm so grateful for that because not a day goes by that I'm not grateful. There has been no regrets. You know, it's just been a magical journey. Important, Preeti, really important. Do you remember what your first big break was in, in, in television or movies? Uh, yes, there were, there were a few. So in Australia, very briefly, I, uh, I was studying acting. I got a great agent. Um, I was working full time as an actor and well, I, I mean, I won the, uh, I won some beauty pageants in, 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 in Australia and I got a lot of press. So maybe that was some kind of a break, but I did a short film that ended up winning some awards and it was a silent short film. So there was no dialogue, but you just had your expressions and your emotions. I quite enjoyed that. And, uh, I did, uh, I did a commercial in, um, for, for Sydney. And then very soon after that, I won a scholarship to study in New York. So in Australia, I had those breaks. And then uh, in when I moved here, uh, there were many, many films and commercials and TV stuff. And then I ended up working in, I did Bollywood productions. I did, uh, I worked in Dubai, I worked in Europe, uh, four continents, you know, do various projects in uh, TV, fashion, film. Uh, and I've enjoyed all of them. Love it. I love it. Um, you know, as you look at your inner and your outer world, have you ever found yourself wondering, you know, where does this take you? Like in another few years, where would the soul of Preeti like to be in another five years? How would she like to look through her eyes? What will be the words that she would like to speak? Like in another five years, I would love my vibration of peace to be so loud that it calms the peacelessness in the minds of others. And so like, I'm so clear on that. Uh, amidst all the responsibilities that I have every day, I don't let go of this aim in my heart. What's yours? Oh, it's a beautiful question. Uh, definitely. Uh, that, so you're speaking about your vision. 
And for me, five years from now, and I do think deeply about this. I, I know what I want, uh, what's the end goal of my sort of incarnation, so to speak, you know, but, but why is pretty here? What's the end goal here? For in five years' time, I would love to really have established, I think, a a global um, presence for my speaking, my writing, uh, maybe many creative projects that I'm doing, and they are, are all they would all be intertwined with um, travel and, uh, of course, spirituality, and uh, definitely take a specific. Um, uh, angle to it. Uh, this never used to be the case, but as I, as I get older, as I move on in life, I feel that, um, maybe taking a, a, a you know, something about women's empowerment, I think having that female angle to it, uh, it, it will be helpful, not because, uh, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, speak to men. I actually do a lot of shows like male only, radio shows and so on, speaking about things like femininity and all of that. But I think that with women, they do, we need a voice and we need voices out there and maybe just talking more about the, the feminine aspect, but from a, from a Indic perspective. So the Shakti, so not Western feminism, but really Shakti, uh, Nari Shakti, Shakti Man. Uh, and how can Shakti balance, I think, this, um, dichotomy that we are seeing in the West? I think uh, other than politics, the other, very divisive area is in the male, female, masculine, fe feminine uh, arena, right? There's so much confusion there. But I think when you bring this concept of Shakti and how we look at uh, uh, Shiva Shakti and, and male, female in, in India uh, and the ancient view of it, it can be very helpful. So I, I see myself talking also about Indian philosophy and so on. But I, I uh, not just want to speak to bigger platforms, more high-end, more to more influential people, I think. So masses, yes, but I feel like if I can be a Davos speaking about this, then there'll be the who's who in the world will be listening and they might be touched and they might want to collaborate on some projects to, uh, uh, like for you, it's peace. For me, it's probably spiritual inquiry as well and some things like that. So I see that I would actually like to have a show on a great network uh, or channel uh, where I am speaking, where I have like my own show, I think I'm interacting with the audience and whether it's on spirituality, culture, or I, I think the, the topic can be refined. Uh, but I think that would give me great joy because I, I do need to broadcast this knowledge and I do want a, 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 a bigger platform and hopefully writing many books you know, so, but, but doing what I'm doing and being even more authentic, I think, because as you get older, you, you know, you, you do get more authentic and people see it and then they see a shift in your aura and your presence and they're more touched by it and they're more inclined, I think, to listen to what you say. Indeed. You know, as we, as we grow older, we mature into our experiences. So, you know, I would call you like a translator, you know, where everywhere you go, you'll be able to translate the message of whatever is needed in that particular space and time. And just looking at your legacy, I mean, you've been doing so much just because you're driven, you're, you're, you're fired up. Your spirit is like fired up. What next can I do? You're like an anomaly. You know, there's yes. so much in you because 
You don't believe your spirit is limited, so what next? And of course, when the world embraces you, that's just an extension of the way that you've embraced yourself too. You know, that you're holding yourself in that sacred um, sense of honoring. And so if the world recognizes it, it's wonderful. If half of the world recognizes it, it's wonderful. If your next door neighbor recognizes it, it's wonderful. But I have to, we have to recognize our wonder and our beauty first. So I'm going to take you through a little bit of a spiritual rapid fire and let me see what comes out of your beautiful mind. You ready? Yes. <laughs> All right. Counting down. Would you prefer to be at an ocean shore or in a park? Ocean shore. Me too. <laughs> Are you more into God or a religion? God. Mm. Do you believe more in the money or the passion of, of fulfilling what you love to do the most? Definitely passion. Yeah, I thought you'd say that. And when you look at the sun and the moon, which one appeals to you more? The sun. Mm. What do you prefer, tea or coffee? Tea. A book or a movie? Book. Uh, for me, it's a movie. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. So as you continue to navigate your journey, um, please tell us from a very simple, deep, heartfelt knowing of yourself, who is Preeti Upala? Preeti Upala is a spiritual being here, uh, incarnated uh, at this earth, at this time, in this form, here to uh, uh, be all that she came here to be, and that is to engage with you, to interact with you, to share with you, to learn from you, to, 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 to maybe offer some lessons, and to completely integrate into the matrix of life and be love and light. She's coming from uh, a place of love and here to receive love. So please be kind to her and, and she will be kind to you. And let's all hope that hope for a more peaceful, beautiful, joyful world. That's absolutely perfect. Pidu Paula, thank you so much for joining us on Where East Meets West. You've been an absolute delight. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste to you. Everyone, our time with Preeti Upala, and definitely please Google her and look up all the good things that she's doing globally, especially from America to the rest of the world. I took a lot from her authentic open sharing, and I hope you did too. Leave us a message on Epilogue or America Meditating Radio. Let us know what inspired you, and thank you so much for joining us. Have a great one. <laughs>